What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming off yet another lackluster victory uh, against the Detroit Pistons, 115 to 109. There were some real bright spots to the game, but I think we'll talk about in this episode that it's it's a little bit of a tough slog to watch these games end-to-end because there are periods of uh, Pacers games that are uh, very, very difficult to get excited about. Uh, off the top, though, we'll talk something really positive. Justin, you, uh, you've you been talking this guy up for literally the entirety of this podcast life, and uh, he scored 22 points today. He's one of the few bright spots of this roster right now, Edmund Sumner, the hype train, I think we need to upgrade his nickname, someone said on Twitter, because he's no longer the hype train. Everyone knows that he's good. Uh, 22 points today. Justin, the floor is yours. Congratulations. You were right. Edmund Sumner is good at basketball. Thanks. Thanks. That's all I wanted. Um, the conversation is over, guys. There's no Aaron Holiday and Sumner comparisons anymore, guys. So um, be humble in defeat. But, uh, yeah, it's it's over. Obviously, Sumner's taken Aaron Holiday's spot. And, you know, to draw the comparison between the two, what a, how upsetting is that going to be for Aaron Holiday personally? Um, he had the chance. He could have been that player in the starting lineup. And uh, Sumner's taken it with both hands. And I've always been a big fan of Sumner. I feel like he's, he's athletic. He, he's a good defender. Probably didn't know he was as good a shot maker as he was from three. Alex, you referenced something um, to us uh, today when we were messaging. But, um, yeah, he obviously got us the win today. Um, and, yeah, he's becoming a pretty good starter in this league. Alex, well, he's shooting, shooting splits. incredible, hasn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say his shooting splits have gone up heaps. Shout out to my man Derek from iPaces for tweeting that because – you know, we, we noticed these little things. Obviously, his scoring has risen. He's had a couple of 20-point games this season, but he's shooting over 40% from three this year. I mean, that that's something that none of us thought Ed was good at because he was athletic. He played defense. He's always been one of our better perimeter guys, but he had not had a three-point shot before this season. So, Justin, I know you're uh, gloating a little bit, but yeah, you're right. I think that that comparison is just no longer... It's sad because we all know how good Aaron Holiday can be because he shows us flashes where he has those 20 and 10 games. We're like, oh, this is this is the guy we thought we were getting. And then, you know, he plays like he did today. Did today, sorry. And you go, well, what happened to that Aaron Holiday we saw a couple months ago where he had a couple 20-point games in a row? So, you know. He, he has to be summer. gone. He, he yeah. has to be traded in the offseason. I'm sorry, Aaron Holiday just – He's had his go here. He needs to go to like a New York Knicks and come off the bench or something like that. Yeah, his tenure with the Pacers has yeah. gone, I think, as far as it, it can go. Yeah, just back to Ed for a sec. I mean, 26% on threes the last couple of years. And now he's up to, as you say, Alex, like 41% since the All-Star break or something like that. It's it's a remarkable turnaround. And, and you know... Um, we, we didn't really think this was his game. And this was the thing that was sort of holding him back from being um, a really good role player to starter in this league. And now he has that shot. I think he's under contract next year as well, potentially with the Pacers. And we've seen examples the last couple of years of the Pacers signing young guys with uh, a fair bit of potential and, you know, turning them into something really positive. And O'Shea Brissett is, is obviously the latest example of that, signing a three-year deal. I think 
the maximum he'll cost the team over the next three seasons is $1.8 million. And that's incredible given the production that he's had the last couple of games. I mean, Alex, we've seen the Pacers unearth sort of end of the bench talent that ends up being a lot higher than the end of the bench. And, and really, you know, Brissett, if we had a full side at the moment, a full team, he would be taking Jakar Sampson's minutes. He'd probably be eating into some of Doug's, some of Justin's. You know, he is a key rotational player for this team now. And it looks like moving forward. Yeah, they found a diamond in the rough with uh, with O'Shea. And it's, it's funny because we talked a little bit about the fact we lost Alizé, you know, Niang, who was a former Pacer. He's now playing good minutes with the Jazz. So the Pacers have actually lost a couple of these guys. Now they get one back with Brissett. And he's been amazing. He had back-to-back double-doubles. You know, he had 23-12 and 12 against the Thunder. He's honestly, I'm not even going to joke when I say he's literally been one of our best defenders. Just like in the last four games, you know, uh, we've talked about defense a ton, but he has been one of our best defenders. So he's a, a guy that can get a little bit done on both ends, and I'm happy for him, man. Yeah, I, I said before the pace is a bit of, a tough to watch right now, Justin. We talked about it a bit before the show. I mean, the, the players that I enjoy watching uh, on the team right now are Brissett, Sumner, and McConnell is, is probably the other one because you know that something positive is going to happen usually with him on the court. Um, I want to talk about, I guess, the watchability of the team and the, the aesthetic of the team, um, particularly with the backcourt, the starting backcourt actually playing right now, Malcolm Brogdon and, and Karis LeVert. How do you see the fit between those two players over the past couple of weeks that they've both been healthy and in the side? Because for me, it seems like they don't really know where each other fits, how to find each other sort of um, in, in the spots that they want to score. They're, they're pretty much going to have to, or they're trying to create their own offense rather than um, working off each other. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, that's definitely fair. I'm sure they would have used the same playbook with Lever as they had as Oladipo, but we have to remember Brogdon and Oladipo didn't really play too much together either. So, um, you know, it, it's still all new. Uh, you talk about the watchability, Adam. Geez, I, I always mention, you know, I've been a one-eyed supporter for 21 years now. And, geez, this, this team's difficult to watch. I've got, we've gone through a lot of eras here with Jim O'Brien days and, you know, Mike Dunleavy era and um, teams that have sucked, really. But I, I've enjoyed watching. Um, I mentioned it the other week, you know, the playoff series when they came eighth and got swept by the Bulls. I love that team. It was so good to watch. But, yeah, geez, there's something about this team that they're kind of slow. They're, there's no exciting players. Like, we mentioned the other week, what's everyone's favorite player this season? You know, let's put aside Miles and Victor's game winner against Pelicans. And there's no being no flashy dunk. You, you look at Charlotte Hornets, you know, that Charlotte commentator going nuts every game because Miles Bridges is dunking every day. Like for the Pacers, there's, there's no alley-oops. There's no kind of sexy plays. It's all just methodical and like really boring for the fans. But do you kind of agree, Alex, or...? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I'm going to be honest with you, man. We talk a lot over the past couple of years about, oh, Pacers need more respect from the national media. Why aren't more people talking about the Pacers? Well, because no one wants to watch us play, <laughs> you know, especially this year where we're worse than we have been. But yeah, you're right. I, we're just not a, a fun team to watch. Uh, even in close games, uh, you know, it ends in a free throw or it ends in some boring play. So yeah, you're right. I think we're all in agreement that especially this season, Pacers have been a, a tough watch. Yeah, there's, there's really not one highlight real player on this roster that 
you know, could make a sports center top 10. Now I'm throwing that back. I don't even know whether they do a sports center top 10 anymore, but uh, yeah, they do. Uh, they do. Good. Good to know. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no real player that could get the sports center on the sports center top 10, except for like something crazy that McConnell did, for example. Um, uh, maybe a Miles Turner block if you block LeBron or someone like that, which he's done a couple of times, what I tell you. But um, like, I just don't know. I don't know if the team really cares about that. I mean, I, I know they want to win. I know they want to, you know, finish as high as possible. But right now, it's hard to watch Pacer games. And it's, it's hard to watch Pacer games now when there's, you know, 5,000 fans allowed in the stadium then they have to consider how hard it's going to be to watch them when they have to fill that full stadium as well. I mean, we want a winning team. We want to sell tickets. Um, and it just comes back to the fact that wouldn't it be nice to have an injection of young talent in this team? Wouldn't it be nice to have a young athletic player come in, you know, show great flashes in their first couple of seasons and know that they're going to stick around for, you know, eight, nine seasons from their rookie contract through their rookie extension. I think we haven't had that since Paul George. That was a really clear example of a guy that was super athletic, super raw, so much talent. And everyone was excited to see Paul George play for the first, you know, six years of his uh, Pacers career. Uh, And then all of a sudden, obviously he was taken away and, we haven't really had a player that's made us feel the same since, except for Oladipo for a short period of time. And it was a really short period of time. I mean, Alex, if the franchise player going into next season is Demandis Sabonis, what does that say about the, you know, the likability of this team um, nationally and internationally for guys like us that, you know, other Australians that don't have an NBA team and think, Oh, I might support the Pacers. I might give them a watch. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. You have to you have to try to sell your team. You have to sell your your franchise to especially international fans. And you know, Justin, you touched on it. If I'm go- if I'm scrolling through Bleach Report, if I'm scrolling through NBA highlights, picking a team to watch, I'm going, wow, this this Eric Collins guy over in Charlotte, he loves them. He, you know, Eric, you know, uh, Terry Rozier hitting game winners, Lamelo Ball throwing no look passes. Like, I would rather watch that team any day of the week than the Pacers. So, you know, uh we're not saying we're going to get a top five pick that's going to change our franchise, but yeah, you're right. You'd run, you want to get somebody who can inject some life into the team and potentially they can get that this year. You know, the, the draft is pretty stacked and the paces are going to get a lottery pick. So fingers crossed we for once get some luck, which let's be honest, is probably not going to happen. Let's talk about who we could potentially take in the lottery. And there's only really one play that we want to talk about. And that's Josh Giddy, Australia's <laughs> own. We uh, we've been, very interested in getting an Australian on the Indiana Pacers since day one of this podcast. Um, it hasn't happened yet. And f- around the range that we're picking, Josh Giddy could be available and he could be the logical pick. Sam Black from, uh, I think, 8.9 seconds wrote an article about this during the week and wrote about his strengths and weaknesses. Justin, you live in Adelaide. You, you know, you've been to 36's games. That's the team that Giddy plays for. Um, you've seen him up close. Uh, give the... Give the listeners a bit of an idea as to if we go with a guy like Josh Giddy, what would we get? Yeah, obviously, I live in the hometown he plays in. So there's a lot of hype uh, in the city about him. And obviously, it's pretty crazy seeing the you know, Pacers 8.9 seconds tweet out about him. Um, 
Look, he's a, like I mentioned, he's a walking triple-double last week. Uh, I think in the NBA he'd be really good. I, you know, people kind of comparing him to Doncic, so he won't be that good. Um, I, don't, I can't see him being a superstar in this league. But, um, look, to to be a backup point guard, I think he might be good. Could he Could he come in and be a starting calibre point guard and put up 20, 10, and 5? Maybe. I th- I'd say that's best-case scenario. Um, he's got really good vision. Vision you can't teach. That's the best thing about him. Um, so he just needs to improve his jump shot. I, th- I think that's the struggle for him right now. He, he doesn't have much of a three-point shot. Um, his, his shot's a bit weird. With It's a real slow release. But, um, yeah, I'd be all for the paces getting him and kind of building that Australian connection. Alex, he'd, he'd potentially give us a few highlights, wouldn't he? I mean, if, if there was Giddy on this team and an athletic guy that ran the floor that could jump and dunk, then, you know, all of a sudden we have uh, a partnership off the bench that's a highlight reel it's just the shooting that lets him down really um everything else about his game is definitely ready to be drafted and ready to to go into the nba system but you know we just finished talking about ed sumner and how he shot 26 percent from threes first two seasons there's no reason that uh, the pacers couldn't pick up a josh giddy and teach him how to shoot in his first two seasons to the point where he was a competent three-point shooter um, by nearing the end of his rookie deal, heading into his rookie extension. So, Alex, are you you for this move? Is there anything that you see that uh, would be negative about drafting Josh Giddy? Are you all aboard the uh, hashtag shitty for Giddy train? No, I'm with you, boys. I'm 100% on the train. I think he's going to be a, a really good NBA player. And, you know, just on the jump shot, you only have to go back to last year. Lamelo Ball here in the NBL couldn't hit a three to save his life most nights. Yet he comes out in the NBA and he's hitting 30 footers like it's nothing. So, you know, I'm not going to say Giddy's going to be like that, but I'll always say, you know, he's 18 years old. Three-point shot doesn't matter too much to me right now. As Justin said, he's basketball IQ. His vision is off the charts and he's a good rebounder. The Pacers got out-rebounded by about a million today as they do most nights. So there's a added bonus for Pacers fans. He's an elite rebounder for his uh, position. I want to talk about a couple of things to end the show. The first thing I want to talk about is our schedule uh, to end the season. There's um, not many games left. It's felt like this um, felt like this, the end of the season has kind of crept up on me. I, I wasn't expecting that uh, we would be so close, but if you look at our schedule, we, we do have some teams with losing records uh, coming up in the short term. But then if you look at the last few games, the last four games of our schedule, three of them are, uh, Philly, Milwaukee, and the Lakers. So I think, Justin, do you see if there, there's any opportunity for the Pacers to move up into that sort of 7-8 seed to where they only have to win the one game? Or is it pretty much inevitable that we're going to be playing at least one playing game, if not two, if we win the first one? Oh, they'll be playing a playing game. I'll, you know, what, two weeks ago, we were talking, we were kind of all on board with not tanking, but kind of looking towards the future a bit more. Um, but I've kind of given up on that now. We, we had such a soft schedule there for a while. I knew we'd pick up some easy wins. So, um, yeah, look, a bit of a tough schedule coming up. It's guaranteed we're going to play in one of these playing tournament games, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Definitely in this condensed season, I, I don't think the Pacers deserve to be contenders in the playoffs. Like, we've just had a terrible season. There's no way they deserve it. So, um, it's just in a tough spot. I'm, again back on the train where it's like, well, I kind of hope they win again because 
losing is not going to do anything. I don't think Chicago, Toronto are going to uh, leapfrog the paces. I mean, Wizards have won about nine in a row or something, so they might, but then we're still dropped to 10th and in that playing game. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit frustrating right now. Yeah, the Wizards are probably the threat in terms of um, slipping back to 10th, but even then, it doesn't matter. You're still in that 9th versus 10th game. There's no difference between finishing 9th and finishing 10th. We're uh, three and a half games in front of the Bulls, uh, so there's very little likelihood that the Bulls are going to catch us or um, the Wizards for that 9 or 10 spot. It'd have to be a pretty bad losing streak to end the season for us to miss out on at least the play-in game. Um, and I, I think we can all rest assured that we're going to be part of that playing game. Um, looking into, you know, the Wizards look to be our likely matchup for that very first playing game. Uh, we're going to have to win two games in a row and we're going to have to beat two pretty good teams to do it. Um, Alex, do you see us getting to that 7-8 or do you see the, the Wizards form, their lack of injuries, you know, we won't be able to get over the top of them for even the first game. So we're going to finish 10th. Yeah, um, I think we're going to finish the 10th seed. And to be honest with you, I mean, they absolutely pounded us last time we played them in DC. I mean, Westbrook had one of the greatest games I've ever seen from from anybody. So yeah. honestly, if we make the playing game, I wouldn't be worried about making the playoffs. I think they're going to uh, wipe the floor with us, to be honest. So, uh, Which is honestly not even a bad result because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to watch us play a seven-game series against the the Nets or the seven. Sixers. Do you mean Do you mean a four-game series? <laughs> Best of seven, best of seven, which would be a four-game series. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm with you. I don't want to see a four-game series against Brooklyn or a four-game series against Philly. Um, I think that's that's just, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't fill me with any joy whatsoever, and it doesn't really do anything for the young players on this team. And, you know, to your point, Justin, you said that we wanted the Pacers to go with youth. To an extent, they've had to by choice, by um, not by choice, by, um, by force. So... Um, you know, we've talked about Brissett, we've talked about Sumner, uh, Goga's possibly due back in the short term. I don't know whether Miles or Sabonis will play uh, again this season and we'll cover off that to end the show. But I think we've had to go with youth. So at least we're seeing a little bit of the future of this team, aren't we? Yeah, you're right. And those injuries, you know, we I thought we should have shut down Brogdon and Sabonis for the rest of the year. Obviously, Turner's got re-injured, which is not good. But, um, and you know, Sabonis is in and out of the lineup. So, yeah, they've been forced into it. Um, but, yeah, the schedule was so weak. Uh, I think we play, what, Orlando tomorrow. So, um, the schedule is so weak that we're just still picking up these useless wins, in a sense. But, um, yeah, prayers yeah, up to Steve Clifford, too, who uh, got unfortunately diagnosed with coronavirus today and has had a complicated health history. So we hope uh, hope for the best for Steve Clifford. But just on that, of the injuries that we've had, Justin, you raised a really interesting point before the show and, and a pretty provocative question you asked about uh, Sabonis and Turner. So hit us with that. Well, Alex, yeah, Alex had mentioned it as well. We, we all put towards each other, do we think Turner and Sabonis will play again? as teammates and, um, you know, this this experiment's gone on for years now, in and out of lineup with injuries, with everything. We had Kevin Pritchard on the show and he said, you know, he wanted teams to play against us, big man, but I think I think we all know it hasn't worked. It's not going to work. I think with the way TJ Warren played in the bubble last year, that they ideally want Warren to play the four, um, which leaves a hole with Turner, Sabonis, Goga, you know, Brichette now. It's... There's too many bodies in that in that big man space. So um, yeah, I personally think with Turner's injury, unfortunately, 
one way or the other, I don't think we're going to see Tabonis on the floor again. What do you guys think? Alex, you, you seem to be pretty strongly in favour of the fact that we're likely not going to see that combo again. Why? Uh, I just think that Miles's injury is probably going to be too severe for him to come back this year. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think we've seen Miles' last game as a Pacer. I think that game against the Hawks was the last time we'll see him in a Pacers jersey, which is uh, is pretty sad. But I just think, you know, as Justin was saying, the Tabonis pairing, you look at the uh, on-off, you know, they play so much better when they're by themselves. The solo Domas minutes are always better. Solo Miles minutes are always better. And then when they play together, they give up runs. So, you know, you, you can't bring it into next season. I think KP has to make a move and I think it's going to be Miles. So, Adam, just quickly, if you think Turner's going to be traded, if that's your opinion, what, what do you think we can get back for him? Are you asking me or Adam? Oh, no, Adam, Adam, either one. What, what's, um, what's his value? Uh, well, I was going to say, I think the Hornets will be a big player. So, watch out for, for PJ Washington. Makes a lot of sense for me for both teams. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it makes me supremely frustrated and, and a little sad that we go down that route. I mean, when you look at what Miles brings uh, and you look at, you know, the, the better teams in the league and what their, what their sort of centre rotation looks like, um, they all tend to be either good shot blockers or good shooters, and Miles is both of those things. And um, he doesn't have the rebounding. I completely understand that. And that's, that's definitely the biggest hole in his game that's been talked about ad nauseum. But he does have shot blocking and he does have spacing. So defensively and offensively, he gives you something that not many players in the league give you. Um, you know, it's, a, it's it, not necessarily as good as, but it's in the vein of a Chris Tapps Porzingis in terms of the ability to stretch the floor, the ability to protect the rim without necessarily the, the rebounding numbers. So... It, it makes me sad to think that it's his last game, but I, I agree. I just don't see the team trading Sabonis. I think he's got uh, too much on his resume right now to be traded. And I think the, uh, the overall sentiment from the wider fan base would probably be pretty negative if we chose to trade uh, Sabonis unless we got something really, really enticing back. Um, and that would have to be another all-star. That would be really the only thing I think the fan base would accept in return for Sabonis. Uh, and I just don't see that necessarily being the track they go down. Those trades are rare. Um, there's no all-star that springs to mind that wants out, that's expressed that they want to get out of their team. So, yeah, Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're all on the same page, aren't we? So, um you know, Siakam's a name, Adam, that you've thrown around a lot, but why would the Raptors do that? That doesn't really make any sense. So, yeah, I think keeping some bonuses is the game plan, but I'll leave that to you, Justin. I'll, I'll ask you the same question. What do you think Miles's value uh, will be this offseason? Because we saw we almost got Haywood for him last offseason, so I'm curious what we uh, what you guys think. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I'd be disappointed if I saw a straight PJ Washington for Miles Turner trade, although it does make sense. I feel like Miles Turner garnishes more trade value just because he's defensive prowess. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. It just depends what direction the Pacers want to go. I My ideal scenario is <laughs> probably not going to be a popular one with the fan base, but I'll say is actually trading some bonus for for the future. Get, get some picks, get a young up-and-coming player, um, and, you know, let's build towards Brogdon, Levert, Turner, Warren, these young players coming in and kind of do another three-year game plan here because – 
I, the biggest thing I hate about sporting teams, I've said it before, Adam, is just sitting in no man's land and the paces are in no man's land. There's just, we're just treading water. We're not going to compete for a championship just with this current lineup. So we may as well change it, trade our best asset into the future. Uh, and look, it might blow up in our faces in five years, but geez, I want to give it a crack. I've always mentioned I've never had a go at Larry Bird for the Andrew Bynum trade. Never have, never will, because he went chips in. And he went for a championship. And that's all I want the Pacers to try and do. And I just get sick of them treading water. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit of a passionate talk because it gets on my nerves a bit. Let me ask you uh, one final question. You spoke about how your ideal is trading Sabonis for, you know, assets and, you know, future picks, young players, et cetera. What if they went all in with, a, with an older all-star like a Russell Westbrook? Like, what, what if the team decided to to trade for a high salary, high production, but old guy that's proven, but on the way down. Alex, how would you react to that sort of trade? Well, I see Justin smiling because I know he's not the biggest uh, Westbrook fan, but um, but yeah, you, you look at the Suns this year, they made the trade for, for Chris Paul, who's aging, but look at them. They're second in the West and closing in on Utah. So, you know, you, you can do that. Obviously, we don't know how many Chris Pauls there are on the market. I think that's the biggest thing. So, but yeah, if you can trade some bonus for a, a multi-time all-star, geez, why not? I'm, I'm with Justin. I think you have to make some sort of move. At least we can sleep at night knowing that they tried. They tried something. Yeah, Justin. What about you? What What if What if we traded, you know, some assets for a guy like a Westbrook? What if we traded some assets if Kawhi left the Clippers for a guy like Paul George? What What if What if we traded for a 35 to 45 million dollar a year player for the next three seasons that his best basketball was behind them but they were sort of going all in yeah it, it's a good discussion point I, I was just kind of shaking my head because there's this guy on pacers who tweets us every day with a russell westbrook trade on here and i just laugh <laughs> but um look i actually like westbrook i, I feel like he's, he's awesome we've mentioned on the show before i I, he's just not a pacer. It's he, he, he just his whole mentality and the way he plays. He's just not a pacer. The pacer wouldn't bring Westbrook in. So the whole conversation about Westbrook, if we were to have it about another player, like you mentioned, Alex, like a Chris Paul or, um, yeah, Paul, oh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard or something. Um, yeah, I, I would be on board. I, w- I was the biggest fan of what Toronto did that year with Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, it worked out perfectly. But, look, they're, they're playing terrible this year. Mate, if you talk to a Raptors fan, they couldn't care less about this season. They got a championship for having Kawhi for a year. Why that Pacers should model this a se- one season on that? Hey, let's try and bring a star in. Look, they might leave us in free agency. They got one year left on a deal. Let's go all in. Brogdon, Warren, Sabonis, uh, this star. You know we can compete in the East. But um, I think we're all just fed up with treading water. I'd be so down if they actually tried and got a superstar. I'm not going to be mad with watching a good player for 82 games on the paces. We haven't seen it in years. I'm just, it's why I love Lance Stevenson so much because he brought energy and he was exciting to watch and he wasn't a star, but we just need that player. Uh, Oladipo gone did hurt because he was exciting to watch in his heyday. But um, yeah, I think we need some star power soon, Adam. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good place to end the episode, guys. We need a star in Indiana sooner rather than later. Now, whether we get that through the draft or whether we trade for a star, we need a guy that makes you excited every time you turn on league pass because you want to watch him play. Uh, You've seen the hype around guys like Zion. 
you've seen even the hype around the Knicks being good and, you know, they've got a fairly exciting team and they're exciting to watch. Um, and there just doesn't seem to be that sort of excitement in Indiana. There hasn't been that excitement in Indiana for a few years now since Oladipo went on his couple of month run. Uh, and we really need that guy. I mean, I, I remember when Paul George threw down that 360 on the break. I still remember watching it on league pass as it happened and it was incredible. And I, I, you know, remember being in awe and remember thinking I need to watch that guy whenever he plays, I need to watch when he's playing or the replay as soon as I get home from work. And we don't have that guy right now. Uh, Maybe he's on the roster and he hasn't emerged yet. Maybe he's going to be drafted. Maybe we're going to get him in free agency, but I think the message is clear. The Indiana Pacers need a star. We've been the Pacers, guys. We'll see you next time.